Hello, everyone, and welcome to End of the Line. I'm Jim Anderton, Multimedia Content Director at Engineering.com. On today's episode, in manufacturing, it's not quite as simple as China versus America. Well, it's an election year, and like all elections in modern American history, it can really be summarized by James Carville's memorable 1992 quip, it's the economy, stupid. Now, this cycle has a focus on manufacturing, particularly from the Trump administration, and I've made reshoring a major plank in the president's re-election platform. In June, we added 356,000 manufacturing jobs, and manufacturing looks like it's ready to really take off at a level that it's never been before, and a lot of that has to do with our trade policy, because we're bringing manufacturing back to our country. It's a low-risk motherhood issue, and it's, it's great that someone is emphasizing the importance of manufacturing to the American economy, but is it actually achievable in today's market? Statista.com's Felix Richter has a neat little summary of the state of global manufacturing today, and it's an eye-opener. According to the UN, Chinese output represents 28% of global manufacturing, 12 percentage points ahead of the United States in second place. How seriously does China take manufacturing? It represents about 30% of the nation's total economic output, a staggering $4 trillion annually. In comparison, in the United States, the manufacturing sector represents 11% of gross domestic product. Now, we're talking about percentages, and 11% of $21 trillion is still significant, especially compared to China's overall GDP level of approximately $14 trillion annually. But in pure dollar terms, China's manufacturing output is still double that of the U.S. In some critical commodities, the output difference is stark. Steel has long been a traditional metric, and the U.S. is number four in global output. China makes 11 times the steel by tonnage as the United States. Now, many of the industries say that the majority of this is a commodity, mild steel, and the U.S. industry has switched to highly efficient electric mini-mills, making high-value alloy steels and semi-finished products. Now, this is true, but it misses a key point. As economists love to say, the market clears. Industrial production goes to market, and prices are always inversely affected by supply. For that high-value specialty steel sector, for example, commodity steels, well, they form, in the form of scrap, the primary input for that industry. So tariffs or quotas on low-cost imported Chinese or Indian mild steels, well, that has a knock-on effect that ripples through the American economy as a whole. And aluminum is similar. Automakers have already reported this, with Ford declaring that tariffs could add as much as $1,000 to the cost of a large SUV at retail. Now, some economists claim that this evolution is simply smart business. America cherry-picks high-margin specialty production and leaves the dirty, high-volume, and low-margin commodity business to others. Others, however, state that the primary steel production is a critical part of America's national infrastructure, and it's a strategic necessity to keep the economy moving in a time of crisis. In World War II, Roosevelt called America the arsenal democracy, which was possible because of American leadership in critical primary input production like iron and petroleum. Now, is self-sufficiency even possible today? Is it even desirable? Now, regardless of the answer to these questions, American manufacturers will face the effects of foreign competition whether or not a Trump or Biden administration reshores with tariffs. Modern industrial production routinely makes more than Americans can consume, and one way or another, exports are an economic necessity. To save a steel mill in Ohio, it may cost soybean producers in the Midwest. Now, choosing winners or losers is notoriously difficult, but there is a simpler way to fix the problem of declining U.S. manufacturing output, and that's to make better products at lower cost. Now, that's easier said than done, and politicians love to use an axe where a scalpel will do, but it will be interesting to see which party puts innovation ahead of taxation and backs it up with a real plan. Thanks for listening to today's episode of End of the Line. Tune in again next time.